right, all right. Everyone! Time for the Get to the Point Review. Welcome, folks, to the Get to the Point Review podcast featuring your two hosts, Kelly McKinney of Hohenheim Productions and Josh Gibson of Fourth Wall Players. And basically, this podcast is going to be just what it says it is. We are going to review movies, TV shows, episodes, seasons, all of our favorite geeky stuff in uh, just a few short sentences. It's going to get to the point right away and summarize stuff. And uh, we're going to do it in a sort of comedic fashion. We are by no means critics, okay? Um, At least not professionally. Not professionally. We both have a deep love for film and acting and theater. And more than anything, we're just fans um, putting ourselves in the conversation of film with all of you. And so we thank you all for being here. And we're going to get to basically what our very first... We're going to open each episode by reviewing a relatively new movie. First, where they get to the point, review. And then we're going to review a review in a get-to-the-point fashion. Right. This time, we're taking a step back to last month when Adam Sandler reviewed, uh, re- released... Hubie's Halloween mm-hmm. on Netflix. Netflix. That's right. And so, Josh, would you open us up with your get-to-the-point review on Hubie's Halloween, sir? Right. So we ended up... What do you need? I don't remember the name of the guy who's reviewing. <laughs> uh, no, just of your movie, of the movie first. Oh, okay. Then we're going to talk about him first. All right. So my, so my get-to-the-point review of this movie was... Um, First was hesitant when Sandler displayed his voice in the beginning of the film, but slowly realized it wasn't in as bad a taste as I originally thought. Uh, the thermos is amazing, and loved the nods to the horror genre. <laughs> All right, and my uh, get to the point review on Hubie's Halloween is Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler's for a while with his friends go see Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. <laughs> which just happens to segue into what. We decided to go ahead and tackle Chicago Sun-Times' Richard Roper oh. and what he had to say about Adam Sandler's Hubie Halloween, which he said that it's uh, Adam Sand- the, the title of the review itself is Adam Sandler Sinks to New Lows in Dismal Hubie Halloween. So, my get-to-the-point review of Richard Roper's review was, how many ways can I insult this movie? Because <laughs> that's pretty. I mean, I, I think that's what most critic reviews are. But that's just he he restated. I felt a lot of the same things mm-hmm. over and over again. It's like we get it. You don't like the comedy. It was childish. We come to expect that from Adam, Adam Sandler. Right. Uh, my get to the point review of the reviewer was: Dude hates Adam Sandler comedy. It was good for lovers of the late '90s Sandler movies. So like the Big Daddy, Little Nicky. Um, right. Um, Waterboy, that that sort of comedy level, I feel like it kind of falls in there. Right, and interestingly enough, out of all of those, out of all of those, I um, you know, I like Billy Madison, I liked um, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, those earlier ones. Yeah. Right. Um, like, but most most of those I don't enjoy. Most of those I didn't. They yeah. weren't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not really. Um, out of the three that I mentioned. Like, Big Daddy was probably the only one I really liked. Um, 
Waterboy. Right, well, I thought was funny when I was ten, but it was not funny for any real reason. It just, I just I was ten. I'm curious as to Big Daddy. If uh, I, I know it's an, I don't think that's an Adam Sandler film. Uh, well, you mean you mean a Adam Happy Sandler's, Madison film? I don't think it's a Happy Madison film, is it? I thought okay, it was. Okay, screenplay yeah. is by Adam Sandler. See, because this to me, go, uh, Big Daddy stands out big time away right. from all of the I, movies of that time I, ju- I just feel like Big Sandler. Daddy was kind of a precursor to 2000's Adam Sandler yeah yeah you know like right. Longest Yard and Click and you know things like that right yeah for sure for um sure. that's kind of where I put Big Daddy myself as far as like on the Adam Sandler tier of movies right the, the, the only reason I think Big Daddy stands out to me is because they're out of the Adam Sandler films like this this one makes me cry that's right. it uh, no other Adam Sandler film a, makes you come well, yeah, close. It's, well, it's very... And like I said, that's why, to me, it's more like the 2000s where they did try to put actual c- coherent stories and plots and things for the main character to overcome. And, I mean, he does that in in his more, you know, simple comedies, but it's really just more about him being over the top and being funny and being out there. And I feel like, you know, from, like, Big Daddy through... Uh, probably like Fifty First Dates and and Click and uh, things like that. It was it had a lot more serious elements. that just every you know that would occasionally dip back into the toilet humor, which you know people from the '90s uh, were fond of. So that that's kind of my thoughts there. For sure, and you know it's so interesting that Big Daddy has a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. I guess with Adam Sandler's career, we can we could have expected that it would have a low percentage rate with the yeah, ratings. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. They keep giving him bad ratings, like critics, uh-huh. and his movies keep making money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, well, and, and I think it's interesting that the Rotten Tomatoes review, I mean, has it at 39%. It's 6.4 on IMDb. 92% of people like this movie, though. For yeah. Because sure. uh, it, it, was, it was a feel-good comedy. Right. The the mm-hmm. comedy in it was very feel good. I, I'm you know, so it's interesting because now I am going to re examine this for a note of brilliance, which is an excellent segue into what our primary subject on our very first episode of the Get to the Point Podcast Review I mean get to the point review podcast, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, is about. So our very first episode we have a segment on our YouTube called A Note of Brilliance where we take a look at horribly underrated movies, mm-hmm. which means that they basically have a, a rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an overall critic score, below 55%. We scour the depths of these movies to look for one scene where the background music made the movie or the scene itself brilliant. And so we, the thing is, is that for the few episodes that we have, we watch a lot of underrated and oftentimes horrible movies to try to find a note of brilliance in them. And so for the simple fact that we have so many movies that we don't get to talk about because they don't have a note of brilliance, we figured we'd go through some of the, the a list of some of the movies that we have watched to look for the note of brilliance in that basically had nothing. Yep. So um, go ahead and kick this list off. Josh, what's your first movie? Uh, okay, yeah, so I've got my list of movies here. Number one, Suicide Squad. Margot Robbie, Will Smith, Jai Courtney were fun. Rest of the movie was boring. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and see, for Su- Suicide Squad, for me, I didn't... I, I it, it completely fell flat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I guess uh, they tried the, doing the best much, part of it was uh, uh, Captain Boomerang, and he didn't really do much. Yeah, Jack Warner, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so that's a shame. So there we go. There's one. I've got Suicide Squad. Yeah, no note of brilliance in it, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I watched that I, I am going to rewatch watch uh, is 2000's Miss Congeniality. Okay, so my get-to-the-point review is rewatch. But didn't find the scene. Overall, love the movie. That's my that's my get to the point review. Overall, I love the movie. Right. And need it's to a, rewatch I mean, it. it's a fun movie, and it was kind of a woman empowerment thing before. That was you know mainstream. Right. Yeah. Before 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 um, it it seemed to matter to the mainstream for sure. Right. Uh, my next one is the faculty. A bunch <laughs> of kids realize getting high protects them from being possessed by aliens. Convenient. <laughs> very convenient, yeah, yeah, because you know, because of course, teenagers want to do drugs. Mm-hmm. And this is what's interesting to me about the faculty is that I loved that movie when it came out, right? And I, I, and this is this is where this is where Note of Brilliance kind of bites us in the rear because I have watched it three times, <laughs> yeah. hoping to find a Note of Brilliance three times, looking for that one scene that made it brilliant, and it's really just the. The overall plot line and the chemistry between the characters that makes it fun. And, it's like a fun thriller. And movies like that are really hard for Note of Brilliance because when you think of it, you automatically start thinking of the we don't need no, no education. education. But that's not really a specific. They they play well, bits of it throughout the movie, mm-hmm. but there isn't like a scene where they play that in it. Makes it the movie really brilliant. makes it no. really embellishes anything. It's just like background just, sound. Yeah, they're just playing on the fact that it's a popular song. Yeah, exactly. Right, they're just playing off the fact. And yeah. the lyrics are similar, kind of, to what's going on. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> okay. And. Uh, Oh, so now it's back to me. Right, yeah, okay. Back to you. I was thinking about the faculty because I'm the one who watched it like yeah. five fucking times or something. Okay, so the uh, next one I have on here is Almost Heroes, which I know me and you loved this movie when we were younger, mm-hmm. right? 1998's Almost Heroes has uh, um, Matthew Perry and Chris Farley. Yep. Right? Uh, my get to the point is reuses the same corny ditty, reminds me of the Smurfs, funny bits, nowhere close to brilliant, an American attempt at British comedy. Uh, before we delve into yours, I also have Almost Heroes. Oh, you okay, so, great. All right, so my get-to-the-point review of Almost Heroes is two morons decide they can do whatever two highly skilled explorers can. And they do. <laughs> nice. Yeah, right. and I, I feel like the the when I watched it for A Note of Brilliance, the one thing that kept standing out to me is, like, this feels like an American attempt at British comedy. Right. Like, right, right, every right. single time. Like, everything... I don't know why, but the things being sarcastically misunderstood just rings British comedy to me. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I No, just... I, I, I kind of felt that, and maybe that's why I, I responded to it so well when I was younger, because it does kind of have that... Monty Python feel. Yeah, a yep. little bit of that. Um, I also love the cameos in it. I love Eugene Levy um, as the Frenchman. And I love Kevin Dunn as uh, Cortez, the Spaniard. Yeah, and yeah. those those two characters right there almost make the whole movie for me. Exactly, like the side characters are so colorful yeah. and fun to watch. <laughs> like you know, and, I mean, and my my favorite scene. I, mean, I have two favorite scenes, and one of them, oddly enough, is physical comedy, which I hate. Physical comedy. I mean, I don't hate physical comedy. It just doesn't. It can make be me good laugh. if it's done right. Yeah, yeah, but if it's yeah, well, I, one I'm with you. Chris Farley is keeps climbing up to the 
being top of the tree yeah. to get the egg and falls down to the bottom and hits every but, branch on the way down. I think that's hilarious. But it's, it's yeah, it's funny because it's like within the confines of the movie. It's not just some random bit where he's just like rolling around and hurting himself for no reason, you know? No, he feels guilty about eating yeah. the egg, so he has to so climb back up. he has to up. go back up and do it again for his friend. And then he gets back in and they just right. leave the shell. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, so like so like the pain, the actual like pain is what makes it so funny, I think. It, 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 well, and then you know? not only that, but the, by the third time he's climbing up, he's like, come on, come yeah. on. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. And he's like ready for the eagle. Come yeah, on, it's like, come on, come on. He just knows uh, as soon as he grabs it, it's over. So anyway, yeah, that was our get to the point for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the almost heroes, for yes. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was going to say also, but for Mark Dunn, right, Mark Dunn. Is, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn plays uh, Cortez and Eugene Levy. They have one scene that, that's honestly my favorite scene. It's when they prepare the gauntlet. Yes. And he's running, he's like, who oh, grabbed the corn? Yeah. And he looks over at Eugene Levy and he's like, bah, bah. Yeah, the little Spanish. The little Spanish. Yeah, I fucking love it. It was so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what do you got next? Wait, I had, I had. We did both did heroes, almost heroes. So go ahead next. What's we your both next did one? almost heroes. I know. Okay, uh, so my next one is <clears throat> Small Soldiers. <laughs> Toy Story, but written by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you know, and that's you said Small Soldiers. Yeah. I've I watched that once when I was a kid. I like and I barely remember that movie it. was my jam when I was a kid. I just loved the action figures. And I still have the VHS. I, I just <laughs> loved the action figures because they were but, manly and bulky looking. Right, and and you, and you know, like to me though, like I watch Toy Story and I enjoy Toy Story, but I think when I was a kid, I only watched Toy Story once. See, that was wa- not a movie that was on repeat in my house. I watched Toy Story quite a few times as a kid, mm-hmm. but it was. The toys from Small Soldiers that right. I wanted, you right? Know what right. Because I mean? what was it? The bad guy kind of looked like Predator, a little bit. Well, the bad guys were the actual soldiers, right? I'm sorry, but there was a um, cat face, like he reminded oh. me of Pratt, Predator. Yeah, he did kind of have dreads, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, he I was voiced by Frank those. Langella. I don't know who that is. You should look him up. <laughs> um, all right. So next one now on my list is. 2008's Fool's Gold. Um, I my get to the point review says very funny moments, nudity, no fizzle to the plot, and they reuse the same lame tropical theme throughout the whole thing. And yeah. I, I keep mentioning the background music because this is specifically for me to what I didn't pull out of it from Nota Brilliance. Right. Like the very few funny moments are really funny, but the plot is just so convoluted and it's, it's like. Every single time they run into a dead end, the two main characters have a sudden realization, and I it's, hate that. It's reused yeah. like twelve times throughout the film. It's, it's the only thing that keeps the plot going. It's basically every Kate Hudson movie after Almost Heroes, <laughs> or Almost Heroes, Almost Famous. Guys. Almost Famous, yeah. Freudian yeah. slip there. I want to watch Almost Heroes. <laughs> All right, uh, and uh, the last one I have on here for this week is Reign of Fire. Uh, Matthew McConaughey gets eaten by a dragon. That's it. And that's it. That's it. Okay. Uh, and right in Reign of Fire, I just remember um, I I liked Christian Bale's character. That, that's in that. probably my. This is not a popular opinion, but that's probably my favorite character I've seen Christian Bale play. Mm. And I know he's played. Everyone's like, "What about Batman or the Prestige?" And I'm just like, ah, "Nope." 
prestige. Yeah, and see, I don't, I, I don't list prestige as one of my favorite Christian bands. Yeah, I don't. No, I, I don't. I don't I, like the, and I know like there's other ones he's done that people American Psycho. Um, see, I don't. I mean, I don't. Which, I guess it's just because maybe it's just I, I don't. Um, it's just not my favorite genre, I guess. So that's why, like, some of these other movies, I was just like, eh, meh, yeah, yeah, meh. Um, Okay, and the I actually have two more on my list. I, that's why I kept having you go next because I thought you had more on yours. Well, I had to take out a couple of them because they were noted brilliant. Oh, okay, scripts. gotcha, gotcha. Right. Um, then we've got uh, Sahara, two thousand and five, another Matthew McConaughey movie. How did I miss that on that list? I didn't see that. I, well, I love Steve Zahn. Okay, so my, mine says love Steve Zahn, but it's a dry action flick based on adventure novels. Yeah. Um, the They're hero tr- feels like a mix between something from Tom Clancy and Louis L'Amour. Right. Um, yeah, so as enjoyable as the movies are, they're kind of vapid. You He's, know what I mean? It's very much what, what I thought when I first watched it in theaters was it felt like they were trying to be national treasure. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yes, but overseas. Yeah, well, yeah whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I did not, I didn't think it landed well, and I don't, I don't think Matthew McConaughey and Nicolas Cage can play the same character. Right, right. Well, and then not only that, but like the, the, um, their, even, their, their, their main hero to me is so, I'm the good guy hero yeah, dry. Yeah. That it's like, no, it's not that no one can relate to him. It's right. just that we don't care. You right. know what I mean? Like it's, that's why, that's why Chris Evans is so praised for playing Captain America because we're talking about a guy who essentially doesn't have a character arc. Right. Okay? He he's faced with things in the world that he's opposed to, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have a character arc. Always playing the good guy is such a hard and flat role for most people, but the fact that Chris Evans could bring so much heart to it right. is why people love him as Captain America. And oh my gosh, and like if you really look at it closely and stuff, like I I go on and on about Captain America, but cuz I do not like the character traditionally, but mm-hmm. I thought Christopher Christopher Chris Evans caused me to like fall in love with that character. He might be my favorite MCU hero. Yeah, see, and I, I kind of always loved Captain America. So when they first made Chris Evans Captain America, I was like, I just didn't, I didn't know how I felt about it. I was right. like, I don't know what he's gonna do for me as Captain America, mm-hmm. and he played Captain America differently than how I had formed him in the comics because I guess I'd always pictured Captain America feeling older, like in his late 30s and I look at Chris Evans and there's some part of his baby face that yeah. always puts him in the late 20s to me right, you right. know what I mean like, he's like 40 yeah and so so as as bulky and, and as bulky and brawny as Chris Evans is I still always pictured Captain America having I don't know more gaunt of a jaw if that makes sense but I still fell in love with Chris Evans as Captain America so that was very special for me and right. now speaking of Chris Evans the last one that I've got here is not another teen movie. Yes. My which gosh. my get to the point review on it is hit a, uh, it hit a lot of good movies. Janie's Got a Gun is great, but not deep enough. Um, and that's again because we, I watched it and I when I first saw the Janie's Got a Gun sequence, I was like, "This is it. Yeah, this is yeah, our yeah. note of brilliance right yeah. here." And then when I started examining the scene, note of brilliance again is about what the background music does to the scene that pulls so much of the movie into it or what you can learn about the movie and the characters specifically emotionally yeah em- yeah. yeah emotionally and so having so having like a funny 
bit where a guy is just singing a song that has one of the main characters' names in it and doesn't really work. Just... Right, right. I mean, like, if, if I were if I were going to, I mean, no doubt, the bit says a lot about what the movie is doing, right. that it's not another teen movie. It's like this this one scene pulls out the, of the movie what the whole title's about mm -hmm. because we're making fun of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Boom. I mean, uh, uh, wait, 10 Things I Hate About 10 You. 10 Things I Hate About 10 You. 10 Things I Hate About You. And it's an iconic scene from that movie mm -hmm. done very well with two brilliant yeah. actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, like, it, it does... The, the only thing is that with that scene, to me, it just says one brilliant thing about the movie. Right. And not enough. It's, again, right. not deep enough. So. Um, but, yeah, so out of, out of the... Out of what we do for Note of Brilliance, that's a short list of the movies we've watched and examined so far that didn't measure up to make it onto the segment. And so, um, this being our first episode, it may be a little shorter than some of our other ones, but mm -hmm. we are going to wrap it up with um, a segment we're going to hope to keep regular around here. It's going to be a get-to-the-point review on celebrity tweets, and we figure that between... Uh, Chris Evans and Matthew McConaughey, we've got Matthew McConaughey three times. Three times, right? Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at Matthew McConaughey's Twitter. We're going to take a look at what he's been tweeting about most recently, and we're going to give our short get-to-the-point review on Matthew McConaughey's. Come on, drop-down list. Know what we want. Boom. All right. Let's go ahead and give him a follow. There you go, Matthew McConaughey. You got my follow, sir. He needs all the follows he can get. Okay, here we go. So let's do it with his pinned tweet uh, from October 29th. From where it started to a New York Times number one bestseller, delayed gratification at its best. A big thank you from me to you for this incredible reception of Green Lights, the Green Lights book. So if those of you who don't know... Matthew McConaughey just recently wrote a book. He's been doing a lot of press tours about it, and it is called Green Lights. It's kind of like his memoirs on how his uh, career got going and sort of his uh, mentality and um, his philosophy on life. Yeah. So let's see. I would say that um, my short review is uh, Green Light for Press Releases my short review on our Matthew McConaughey pinned tweet here. Josh, what do you think? Do I need one it? too? Okay. Uh, my short review is, thank you for reading my life story. <laughs> Alright. Uh, there we go, folks. And so, finishing up with some of our plugs, um, we have, uh, we're still doing research and planning an event for Josh's company, Fourth Wall Players mm -hmm. Theater Company. We're basically combining some of what I do with tabletop gaming with what Josh does in theater, uh, what we do in theater. And it's going to be called uh, DMing for Theater. Okay. Is what our the number, events the are going to be four. called. Uh huh. Naturally. Naturally. And that's essentially what it is. We're going to have actors being the DM. You're considered you're encouraged to dress up in costumes to come and we're going to host D&D &D sessions where the story or plot that we are exploring at each D&D &D session, each campaign is going to stem from a famous classical play or 
piece of literature right. that has been turned into a playwright. So I encourage you guys to check out and keep up to date on our social medias to get at that. I am, of course, at Hohenheim Pro, H-O-H-E-N-H-E-I-M Pro, all one word. And I'm trying to remember what I'm at. That's it. Okay. And I am at the number four, the wall players. <laughs> Josh Gibson at fourth wall players. Yeah. We also have the here and now out on Amazon Prime. So it is it is included with Amazon Prime, I believe, to rent or buy. It is only two dollars. Mm-hmm. to rent or buy it on Amazon Prime. But for those of you that do have Amazon Prime, it is included with, so I encourage you to go and look at that and check that out now. Definitely. And we'd also like to give you uh, give a thanks to all of our Patreon, patrons who subscribe to us through Patreon, where you get a behind-the-scenes access to everything we do here at Hohenheim Productions and Fourth Wall Players. Mm-hmm. And a quick thank you to Rena's Mug Life, Limberthill, and Angeline McKinney. Yes, that's my mother. Our three most dedicated patrons. And if you'd like your name listed amongst them, all you have to do is go check us out at patreon.com slash hoenpro. That's patreon.com slash hoenpro. We thank you guys for joining in on us. And we are going to try to make this at least a bi-weekly, I mean twice a week. Wait, I mean once every two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) A semi-weekly. A semi-weekly. No, uh, yeah, bi-weekly podcast get to the point review podcast with again kelly mckinney and josh gibson thank you guys and we'll talk to y'all later peace get to the point